The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, coming up on today's program, we talk with Kevin Short with Short Power Line Services, SPS Wyoming, on the history and the evolution of short line power services from construction to electrician to drones. He also talks a little bit about big data in industry and how we're only scratching the surface. Then we talk with Heath Holloway, Titan Services, gives an overview on their services, company history, environment, and community, all part of that mission wrapped into one at Titan Solutions, based out of Greeley, Colorado, where they currently have a war on oil and gas going on with their new governor. All that plus much more on today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Coming up first, right here on the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. By the way, my name is Jason Spies. I'm your host. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool. Let's get right into it here. Kevin Short, Short Power Line Services. Kevin Short, SPS. S- SPS? No, SPS, as in Sam. Pipeline Sam, right? Short power line service. There we go. That's even a better way to say it. Let's say the actual words instead of trying to say the uh, army phonetics and realizing I'm not sure That's what right. they are. <laughs> All I know is We're E is for own echo. This acronym. We own this acronym. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Uh, I'm looking at your business card here, which I obtained at the uh, Energy Expo in Gillette, Wyoming. And yes, sir. I'm looking at Drone Kings and uh, short power lines service you guys have in construction here you guys have a couple of things under your umbrella huh we do so we 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 started out as, in 1985 as short power line services that was uh started by bill short and uh as he aged he sold it to his son jeff who stayed traditionally power line well jeff started up another branch called TDS, and that stood for uh, Transmission Distribution Services, actually. And uh, they, they, they did business as a, for a while under that, there's a lot of competition under the transmission business, so that kind of faded away. Jeff sold it to Robert Short, his younger brother, and Robert decided to, uh, him and Alan Jennings decided to bring this company along and look at other venues for uh, revenue. So they they started up short electric, short power line electric. So now you have boot, feet on the streets, traditional journeyman electricians and master electricians performing service and new installation in the commercial and oil industry. So they felt like there's still a, a open market to be a general contractor. So they started they re re uh, 
revitalized PDF as their general contractor name. So we do uh, building construction, cement work, um, excavation, and, and just general contracting. And uh, with, with this came a need we discovered for surveying for the oil companies using drone technology, and thus is what Drone Kings was uh, based on, was uh, doing uh, surveying for the oil companies for well sites and, and uh, power lines observations and uh and other things like that so that's that's kind of what started each one and uh you saw us up in gillette where we're ready to take it to the next level and what is that next level is it is it the drone kings or is it um you know some sort of integration of all four together as one big superpower transformer or what's 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 the next level yeah and that's a, that's a good question so and 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 with drone king what it is is uh there's a lot of data to be collected. You know, the, the, the whole thing with, with, with the way the industry is, is, is uh, there's a, a produce and consume, and that's really the driving uh, heartbeat of the industry. Well, as that becomes stagnant, it's just cyclical, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's not a lot of variation. They realize, you know, there's a lot of data out there to be had, and this data is going to be able to make you allow you to afford intelligence decisions between that cyclical up and down industry. So there's a, just a plethora of data out there to be collected. And there's a lot of people coming up with data mining, different ways to get data. So what we did was the visualization data, the actual real time data with the drone. So we're seeing that we could do uh, reclamation pre construction, during construction. So you have a, Basically, you know the position of your material, whatever phase it's in. If you're building a pipeline, what the ground looks like first, what the ground looks like under construction, where the pipe lays within the ground, what the backfill looks like, and then once again, three to four years, what does that reclamation look like? And that's all data. And we know this data can be equivalent to dollars in the industry, right? I, I was going to say the next big gold rush is probably going to be this data. This- Big data, the the layering of the data, the data together into new information. And when you bring in the information from two miles below the surface, like they've been able to do, especially in North Dakota, where they have the Laird Library, which is pretty much any rock that has been um, cracked open since the 1950s or 60s. I forget when the actual date is. There's a record of it. Every core sample from the 50s up in up in the University of North Dakota's rock library because that was a that was a policy put into place. So when you start layering in, you know, information from 2 miles below the earth's surface from 1950 to 2 miles above the earth's surface to modern day, you're going to have a whole new outlook on everything. Do you understand what I mean by that? I, I absolutely do and that that's that's kind of where we're looking at is that it's uh where, where's your place? Well, there's a lot of guys, you know, Baker Hughes, um, with the, some of the things that they have done and able to extrapolate that data that you're talking about. I've had the actual pleasure of working with Dr. Lynn Hills, who is the inventor of the AI used in that kind of data collection in the oil and gas industry. And he did that for Baker Hughes and a few of those other companies before he moved it to mining. But it's, it's, uh, there's, there's, pl- 
it's been just traditionally word of mouth. The the, the validation has been been uh, right. You've had crop visualization. You've had crop sprayers at cafes who have been the most reliable pieces of information up till now. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Kevin Short, Short Power Line Services. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a minute. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Car's dead, the engine's froze. I feel the wind chill down to my toes. Well, I'm glad I don't live too far away. Where the moonlight's shining on my walk home. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Kevin Short with Short Powerline Services. Talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges and successes you're having getting into the marketplace. So with the drone king? Yeah, with the drones here. Sorry, yes. So one of the challenges is, is that it's, uh, the perception is that this is a hobby, right? It's something that uh, I bought my kid one from Golden Image or from uh, Radio Shack, and he flies it around, takes pictures of the yard, the cats, chases the neighbor's dog, whatever. So this is a hobbyist. And so one of our challenges, is, challenges has been to take it into a professional realm, beyond hobby. Beyond this is something you can do yourself. So we've... Uh, we really stress hard and heavy that all of our pilots are licensed. So we go and take the test. The, uh, the, the, the federal um, drone aviation testing, and we're certified. So when we do this, we have to plot out the air because now we're up there as professionals. It is against the law for hobbyists to be flying their airplanes around or their drones around where we're flying. That was an extreme challenge because it was just to, to get somebody to understand the validity of the industrial use of drones and drone type aerial coverage. And, and, and so, you know, everybody's thinking we're just taking pictures. This is beyond pictures. We have a uh, grass comp gas, and I'm going to mess this up so bad, chromiographic rendering. 
so I could take a picture of a leak on a pipe and through the color spectrum tell you what's leaking and how much is leaking out of a pipe using other like FLIR technologies attached to the drones. So our challenge is marrying our industry knowledge with the available product out there and how do we apply it to industry. And uh, we're at the leading edge of that, to be brutally honest. Uh, trying to do a tank scan, discovered that there's no drone out there that is intrinsically safe. There's no such thing as an intrinsically safe drone, nor is there a requiem for it. So how would I be able to fly that into a Class 1 Div 1 vessel, right? Mm -hmm. A hell of a challenge. You know, one of the things that I've seen is the acceptance of new technology, you know, um, whether it's an email or having to have a website or whatever it might be, drones is a new technology. And that's kind of what you're talking about is some people just don't, they, they don't see it as, oh, what do you mean you can use a computer in the office? People play solitaire on that. Nobody actually uses it in the workplace. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very similar mentality. It really is to, to where... I do. I, I kind of I, I I question and I just challenge people to take a step back and say, if you really don't see the actual intrinsic and valuable properties and, and values that a drone can bring to whatever life you're living beyond a hobby, well, that's you're not stepping back far enough. And so I, that's that's how I, I mean, right away, you can see how, how it could benefit. I mean, just even transmission lines. I mean, you don't have to have guys climbing poles anymore. I mean, they can go just to fly a drone. And so I remember sitting in a um, council meeting in North Dakota in Bismarck. And this was not even five years ago. And they were still using crop dusters to check um, pipelines. And I thought, my goodness, we live in a world where and this is I've been tracking drones since 2007. Um, 2009, I interviewed somebody who just got back from Israel and they had drones the size of honeybees back in 2009. So, I mean, when you say, you know, we're a little behind, you're being kind. (laughs) And so when I, I look at the, the next year, the same group of men that got together and said, we're going to use crop dusters when they had drones at their disposal, the next year used drones and acted like they never even heard of crop dusters. (laughs) <laughs> you know, being being real leaders like they are. Hey, you know, when you make a when you make a decision, you never look back. You know, type thing. Um, talk to me a little bit. Yeah, talk talk to me about that a little bit because it is. It's like when the acceptance happens, boom, it happens quick. Right, and so so this is a this is a so so I I should just say that for what we're wanting to do. We've discovered that really the niche is is not to just go and promote drones. It's a service that drone provides. So really, drones is a vessel, it's a tool. So it's an electrician. That would be like me going out and saying I'm a Klein electrician or a Phillips or a standard screwdriver kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we're now saying let's let's not let's not rest on this drone technology. Because what you're going to find is that once you throw a price in there, with what you're really offering is a service, not the drone. And once you 
provide the service, immediately everybody's going to gravitate to, well, hell, I can buy a drone and do that myself for a lot less money. Not realizing, do a cursory audit on that and tell me what your overall costs are of your people involved in this, right? Hey, man, you're, 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 you're talking to a professional writer and interviewing. You're speaking my language now because anybody okay, can speak so you know and anybody it, can write and anybody can speak. Oh, yeah, totally. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, and that, and that's it. So it's like, so do this cursory audit and let's find out where the gray money is here, right? And that's what we're absorbing. So rather than get into that, that, that silly new technology arg- argument, which really kind of... Uh, uh, a lot of new technology is, is uh, you know, our great I can do what you can do mentality, if, if you keep it simple. So we need to really, so what we're doing here at Drum King is we're selling a service. So rather than scan a uh, tank for, for uh, like one of those floating ceilings for, for uh, integrity breaches, we also, we don't only do the, the, the drone, but we'll put a LIDAR which is a, a tremble that I, I think you saw at the show we had one there, the yellow LIDAR tremble. I, I am familiar with LIDAR, yes. It um, it kind of reminds me of the way video games were in the 80s, but modernized where you've got basically like a Google Earth type thing, not the terrain, but where you've got, you know, right. like like the, the, the shapes, the, the geometry look of the Earth, a LIDAR type of a thing. It's not yeah. the, yeah, and... Um, yeah, that technology has been around for a little while, and that's that has been some great. I've seen outstanding upgrades in that. But anyway, go on, go on. Well, and, that, and so that's what we're looking at is the upgrades, the billion points, you know, per per per, per square uh, meter type thing. And so between the two of them, you could squeeze that information, put it in the central database, and now you have a two D, three D, one D rendering of whatever the target was you had. So, so what we're looking at is not saying we, we're flying drones, but instead we're saying you have purchased some old oil wells or some old gas plants. And one of the things that you have lost is the red lines. So I'm going to give you a perfect example with a customer conversation. You, you've lost the red lines. So what's really in those panels right after three or four ownership? And they don't know. So what we could do just on a controls aspect is stick a LIDAR. I could scan the inside of one of those panels. I could come back with all the electromechanical componentry and then integrating that with our uh, electrical engineering capability, we, we'll be able to give you a fairly 95 to 98% accurate set of red lines. But then all we have to do is just get into your program to fill in the minutiae. Now you have a documented data-heavy uh, piece of, uh, of, 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 of propaganda or peripheral that you could go in and service your equipment from this point on, right? And that's, So that's some of the things we're looking for the, 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 uh, the uh, uh, drone and LIDAR marrying those technologies. So we're not necessarily leading with one. We're just asking you what you want done, and then we'll pick the best tool to give you this visual data that you have asked us for. You know, so it might not be a drone. It might not be LIDAR. So I believe that we're a full-on oil and gas provider for electrical services. We do everything from surveying the ground to building the power line to electrifying your fields to actually giving you 
visual data back from your reclamation, wherever that be on that site, where I believe that we separate ourselves from the other players is that every one of us are, are this is our family. This is a family business. Um, I believe we employ 10 of my relatives here. So the familiarity, we understand each other, and, uh, and it, it's crazy. And that was Kevin Short, Short Powerline Services. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter. Social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Heath Holloway, Titan Solutions. Heath Holloway, Titan Solutions. Excellent, Titan Solutions. Of course, we were talking a little bit before we started the interview. Greeley, Colorado, we both have some common grounds in Greeley, Colorado. Of course, that's where you're located. Talk to me about your company and uh, your office in Greeley, and are you in any other places? Uh, we are in Gillette, Wyoming, so we're in the Powder and DJ Basin. Uh, our headquarters is Greeley, Colorado, uh, of course, because I live here. Um, so we're a containment, a full containment, surface rental, uh, and custom trailer company. Um, so we put containment on locations under frack pads anything that needs to be contained um surface rentals from forklifts loaders light plants anything like that um let's see custom trailers we have cooling trailers climate control trailers shower trailers uh office trailers uh for locations you know any, anything for surface rentals on the surface on location uh we do so I'm looking at your slogan, protecting people and the environment. You capitalize people and environment. That's obviously something you want to make sure that people understand. You're, you're putting them as part of your mission, my guess is, is, is that. So talk to me about why people and environment are important in your business. Well, the people are important because they're doing the work. 
and uh, you know uh, they're out there day in day out helping us succeed, uh, and we put a lot into them. Uh, we coach, mentor, and train them. Uh, any chance we get, uh, whether you've been in the wall field or you're an outsider coming in, uh, we take the time to to make sure our people are where they need to be at all times uh, with training, safety, and, and knowing what we're supposed to be doing, uh, knowing the job, having the right tools, that type of thing. And then the, uh, the environment's important um, in all aspects. Uh, so we're trying to you know, preserve the environment by protecting it with containment and uh, you know, make sure things are protected you know, with containment and, and so get away from leaks. Um, you know, a lot of producers are not wanting even fresh water on the ground. So we do everything we can. We, we take pride in custom containment. So, uh, you know, any shape, any form you need, we'll, we'll put it out there, um, uh, for the environment and, you know, just, just preserve it for the future, uh, for our kids and everything. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. The Bakken is part of the Rocky Mountain region in terms of the Shale Play USA maps and according to many, many companies. And so a lot of companies are based out of Denver, maybe Greeley, uh, depending on if they're specific to Weld County. But Denver is kind of a hot spot for a lot of bigger companies, you know, Whiting and et cetera. Uh, when I go to... So I've been going down to Colorado for about 10 years uh, for oil and gas specifically. Before then, it was publishing, but now it's specifically oil and gas. I stay in, in Fort Collins, which is not too far from Greeley, uh, you know, right. a stone's throw away. And the reason right. I stay in Fort Collins is, you know, I just I, I don't really care for Denver's traffic. I try to avoid traffic as much as I can. Um, about five years ago, I started noticing when I'm talking to people in the breakfast bars in the morning that work in the oil and gas industry, they'd look over their shoulder before they'd say it. And then of course, flash forward to today. And you know, you've got the governor saying a war on oil and gas. Talk to me a little bit about what your perception has been with the oil and gas industry. You work in it and you live in Greeley. Um, yet you're a Coloradoite. Coloradoan. Well, I don't know the correct word, but uh, Coloradoan. Coloradoan. Thank you. Talk to me about that a little bit, because it would seem to me that um, you, you're kind of in the thick of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting right now. Um, what's going on with governor and oil and gas um, and kind of the war on oil and gas? Um, you're you're correct. A lot of people would be scared to say something uh, in the past. I think there's a lot more people willing to talk about oil and gas now. Um, it's a lot of uneducated people, per se, out there. Uh, a lot of people don't even know there's oil and gas here in Colorado uh, sometimes. You're like, yeah, it's all over the place. But, um, you know, it, it's about educating everybody right now, uh, your employees, their families. So we'll bring people in from oil and gas companies um, and we'll talk about what's going on in the industry. So our people know what's going on, how it affects us, how it affects everybody, because at the end of the day, it affects everyone um, and, and different industries as well. So it, it's, it's really big right now. Uh, you know, I know there's a, a lot of meetings going on. There's a good group out there, Energy Strong, 
uh, that's really working for all of us and putting the time and effort in to, to be at all these meetings when a lot of people can't be there to, to share the information um, because in the past nothing would get shared. Uh, so there's a lot of people out there sharing this stuff. And, and as long as we get with our people and, and tell them what's going on, they have a better idea and we could come together as a team and, and, and fight it. What seems to be the biggest challenge that you're seeing from Colorado? Is it is it just the social engineering of the perception of it? Is there an actual, you know, legitimate, you know, thing, I guess? Um, I, I was really surprised by it, to be honest. I, I was very surprised by the just the whole, like I said, when people started looking over their shoulders and just that whole kind of, ashamedness of it i i'm not used to that because for me the light switch was never political energy was never political and that's what it really became it became almost like if you support oil and gas you supported the extremism of a political party does that make sense <laughs> yes <laughs> um that's true um I, I think it just comes down to education and what oil and gas is um you know, from plastics to uh, cars to everything. It's it just coming down to understanding what this is. And if, if we could all take the time and educate everyone on what's going on and what oil and gas means to other industries and, and communities, you know, we'd have a better effect. Um, but no one's wanting to do that. If you get on these... Um, social media neighborhood pages and there's house, you know, the construction um, sector is, is building houses and they got a big crane in the air. They think it's a drilling rig. Um, and that becomes a war. And, oh my God, they're drilling in my neighborhood. Well, they've been drilling in your neighborhood a long time because the construction industry has come into that oil and gas fields and, and started building and everything. So it's been here for a long time. It's the number one thing right now is just to educate everybody, uh, in my opinion, on and what oil and gas is, what it means, what is oil and gas, you know, how many products are made from oil and gas. Um, so a lot of people out there say um, silly things, right? Uh, but at the same time, uh, they're causing more of an issue than we are uh, because they're driving their SUV. So that's gas guzzling. They're using oil and gas. You know, they, they, they're using plastics. They're doing this. They got everything like that. And, and they're causing just as much, you know, controversy than we are. So, again, it's just education is the most important thing right now and understanding what it is. It just seems like as an industry, we need to figure out new ways to try to connect with the audience. Does that make sense a little bit? Oh, I totally agree. Uh, I was talking to somebody today about that, uh, connecting to the people in the industry on a town hall meeting or, you know, certain companies um, have those town hall meetings and get with your um, local government um, and see where we can have those type of area, uh, you know, uh, town hall meetings and and educate everybody this is what's going on and this is why uh this is what this does 
And, and the more you know, at least you know the information. Uh, and then you can have your opinion. You can't have your opinion and then get the information. So, um, it, you know, we try to talk to our employees any chance we get uh, of what's going on. And, and we have a lot of young people uh, on our staff, um, anywhere from 18 to 26 for the majority of it. And, and you know, educating them, uh, is the biggest thing we do of what's going on, what this is, and training them on what this is, you know, because uh, some come in hesitant on, oh, gosh, what, what's going to happen. And uh, As long as we get them the information, I think that's the best thing to do. Mr. Heath Holloway, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversations with Heath Holloway with Titan Solutions. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Multimedia Cafe We Can Review. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Heath Holloway with Titan Solutions. Uh, as long as we get them the information, I think that's the best thing to do. But uh, I, I agree, town halls, we need to have more town halls. Yeah, and, 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 what, and what the town hall means is engagement with people outside the industry. And right. by using people in the industry, I couldn't agree more. In fact, um, I spoke at a panel with um, Dan Haley from, from Colorado and yep. uh, James Cook. I believe he's the Senate Minority Leader. And your district uh, out of Greeley, he's your, um, yes, yes. yeah, he's a yep. former sheriff. Yep. And we also had on the gentleman from Wyoming, and then, um, and I mispronounce his last name. I would say John um, Robitussin, but it's not that. And I and people listening are probably going to chastise me, but um, <laughs> I, I I apologize because it was I kind of got thrown into it a little bit. And then um, there was a, a panelist as well, or a moderator as well. And that was one of the things that that I took away from that during the Q and A portion afterwards was there was a person probably twenty eight years old. She mentioned how she had a certain perception of the oil and gas industry through high school and college, and then she worked for the oil and gas industry, and it completely changed her whole ideology, if you will, 
about the entire industry. And that's how I felt too. A lot of people don't know this, but when I started this content company that I have on 30 radio stations and over 300 social media, 350,000 social media, um, we were going to investigate against oil and gas, actually. That was our predetermined business model, was we were going to investigate against oil and gas because that was the low-hanging fruit. That was the easy... Oh, we could probably sell it for, you know, a thousand bucks here, two thousand bucks here. And what I saw in my first week was the oil and gas industry was not the bad guy. They were not the dishonest people. They were the only ones creating opportunity. They were the only ones. Yeah, they were the only ones actually creating the the opportunity and the and, and the elements of capitalism. And And it was the other people in between that were ruining it. And I saw that really quick. And so we shifted very quickly to say, you know what? Our core, at our core, our employees and us, we like to um, enable capitalism rather than enhance entitlement. And so we, uh, that's kind of like our little joke around here, you know, type of a thing. Cause yeah. we're not, we're not big fans of entitlement, <laughs> um, but Hey, some people are, that's, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your, you know, your younger people shift. Did you see a shift like I did in, in, in mindset of people? Did they have that kind of anti fossil fuel climate change mentality? And then after working for you, they changed or was, is that not, not the case where you're at? Uh, I would say a little bit because we, uh, we have uh, University of Northern Colorado here. So we get a lot of college uh, kids here uh, for work. Um, sure. You know, at all types, right? Um, and some doesn't don't believe in any of oil and gas, right? But then the thing of it is they want the job. They know they can make good money. They know they can do this or that. So we educate them. Then you do get that kickback of, oh, I thought you guys just did this or did that. Or it was more like this or that. No, it's like this. <laughs> we take care of our people. This is a family, oil-filled family. If we go to North Dakota, we go to Wyoming, Texas, anywhere, we're all family at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to do better all the time. And we're trying to do good all the time. Um, so it, it was kind of fun to, to see some of them change. Um, now they still have their political view or they see, uh, you know, in a different way. Um, and that's okay. But now they're educated, you know, uh, and, and trained on how this works and what this is. And, and you know, we're only doing our aspect and, and a few other aspects of the oil field. And there's still a lot out there. You know, we're not going to coach, mentor, and train them on because we don't know it. Um, but it, it was cool to see some of the change. And, and some people, if they don't like it, they just quit. And they go on with their lives. So that's kind of how it happened here. How did you get into this? Uh, family, family business. Okay. Um, my grandfather owned a, uh, company, uh, way back in the day, uh, and trucks, rigs, roustabouts, frack tanks, all that type of thing. And then my dad worked for him. And uh, my dad had a few businesses here and there. And then I started working for my dad in uh, 2000, doing trucking, frack tanks, winch trucks, 
that's my kind of background of forte. Okay. Um, and then I saw an opportunity in 2013 and I took advantage of it. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, we've been going for five years. Uh, this has been a huge change in, in learning curve. Um, but we've been going strong. We started in a downturn and we've made it in uh, five years strong. So, and we got, we're working in two States. So, you know, doing something right i think are you just in the two states are you looking at um other states texas north dakota so with the political form right now we are looking other places um new mexico texas oklahoma uh we've done some jobs here and there uh you know we go in there do them come back out uh we've done some stuff in north dakota montana and utah um but we're uh evaluating everything um and seeing what works uh we're only going to do it if it works and so uh but it, it's getting closer and uh, uh it's not a huge rush i think uh we're going to be okay uh in, in colorado with uh with everything going on uh especially being in weld county but uh you know we're, we're just protecting ourselves and, and looking at other places to uh, keep growing do you have an update from Weld County um, in terms of kind of some anecdotal stuff that you're hearing? You're in the industry. You're one of the leaders down there. Um, are you are you hearing any companies that are leaving? Any companies that are saying nope, everything's going to be fine? I understand the county kind of came forward and said, "Here's what we want for um, regulations." They're trying to be a leader in the, this whole movement. Yeah, so they created a whole team um, for the oil and gas uh, within the county. And that was Heath Holloway with Titan Solutions. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. I'd like to thank Kevin Short of Short Powerline Services and Heath Holloway for coming on today's program. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, 
and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 